Real Sports Talk for Real Sports Fans. 1700, The Champ. Hey, everybody, welcome in here on Election Day. Jim and Trent, we say hello to you. And if you have not voted yet, please get out and do so. Your country needs you. Trent, this is a very busy day. Uh, not only is it Election Day, it is a monster day as well in college basketball with big-name schools opening up for college play and some big games tonight as well. Oh, no doubt, Jimmy B. Uh, a fun start to things. Of course, we've seen the Champions Classic over the last few years, early on in the season. They put this thing out, but now with the change in the calendar and the start of things instead of Friday on Tuesday, we're going to get this thing to begin the season. There's no exhibition. Well, there are exhibitions, but there's no uh, cream puff at the top of the schedule of D1 that you schedule for a victory. It's uh, a great start to the basketball year. We get to see Iowa State for the first time tonight, Jim. So much great stuff going on. But uh, first, did you enjoy those Dallas Cowboys last night? That was fun, huh? Oh, man. Oh, man. You know what? Let me just say, I'm glad. Remember yesterday you asked me, do you got a feel for this game? And I said, no, Mm -hmm. I don't at all. And and I was right. I'm glad I didn't do anything with it uh, because the Cowboys are dreadful. And here's what, remember the interception that took place and then the guy ran out to the uh, star and stood there? Yeah. Afterwards, afterwards, he said in the locker room in post-game interviews, he thought he was going to get drilled. He was ready to get, you know, get hit by somebody. Nobody came out from the Dallas Cowboys. Trent, they don't give a damn. I remember when T.O. did that, and he stood there for a moment, and then he got drilled by a Dallas Cowboy player. Look, this Cowboys team is just in shambles. Dak Prescott... I think we all got spoiled with how good he was his first season, forced into it. Nobody had much video on him, and he played so well because at that time, Trent, they had an unbelievable offensive line. That's not the case right now. Mm -hmm. Prescott was running for his life last night, and Dallas, for the most part, Trent, they have no life. Not at all. It, it is uh, you're right. <laughs> ugly, ugly, ugly. And now you used a first-round pick, more than likely going to be a top 10, 12 pick in the draft to bring in Cooper. That's a head-scratching decision. Yet another one. And, and I saw Troy Aikman today comes out and says that they need a complete overhaul of the way they're doing things. It's something that well, a lot of people have been saying for a number of years. But coming from the quarterback of the 90s-era Cowboys, you got to figure that's carry some weight at the very least, right? Well, yes. Here's the thing. Is Jimmy Johnson in the ring of honor? No. No, he's not. How many Super Bowls did he win? He's not in the ring of honor. Why? Because Jerry Jones took credit for all of it. That's the problem right there. It's Jerry Jones's team. Jerry drafts. Jerry runs plays. Jerry does this. Jerry does that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's Jerry Jones's team. Why do you think Jason Garrett is still there? I mean, Jason Garrett probably has a photo of Jerry Jones with a water buffalo. That's the only thing I can think of. That's how he has buffalo. kept his job. <laughs> my, my my point my point is 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 that 
they have to do something. Look, Jerry Jones didn't go in any place. His family, if when he leaves, is going to maintain the team. But I have no idea what the uh, epiphany is for Jerry Jones and Jason Garrett and his coaching staff because they they just can't get it done, Trent. And they are his team at all. Jim, it's a really good point. Monday Night Football. I, I was I was entertained at the very least. Uh, some interesting plays. By Tennessee, yeah, I can't complain about it with the Cowboys. This is going to be certainly an interesting offseason with what they still have on tap for them, what we're going to see. Well, let's uh, turn our attention over to the local front here for a moment. And let's go from the NFL last night, a Monday night football in that game. Let's take a look one final time back over the weekend. Iowa State, a performance that you want. And now it's Baylor on tap next. And normally, you look at Baylor. Of course, he saw the way they cratered last season, Matt Rule's first year. They can score not very good defensively. You know, is there any concern at all going into this week for Iowa State? And you can say, well, of course, there has to be a concern. It's college football. There's always a concern in college football because upsets happen at any time. It can happen anywhere. You go back in Jim Harbaugh early in his career at Stanford. There were 40-point underdogs. This is a 14-point. So you can never say never. But the way I look at this Iowa State team, yes, they have Texas on tap next, and it looks like that will be a monster decision. Very well could decide of those two teams who gets to play in Jerry World, speaking of the Cowboys, and who gets up to go against Oklahoma, West Virginia, whoever it may be, for a Big 12 title and for a trip, at the very least, to the Sugar Bowl. I mean, that's still what's in front of Iowa State. I don't see this team overlooking Baylor this week. Listening to Matt Campbell today talking about the speed of this squad, their ability to go out and make plays in space, calling them one of the most athletic teams that they will see all season long. I don't see that happening. You know, sometimes in the past you worry about that, and you wonder and worry about the highs and lows that you see for Iowa State throughout. Yeah, they pull a big upset and then follow it up with a dreadful performance. Not the case here. I just don't see that happening. Baylor can move the football. They put points up, but against this Iowa State team. And so I brought this up just the other day, yesterday. And I was going through and I was looking on Sunday at the new rankings when they came out. So the new AP coaches poll, of course, tonight, we will get the college football playoff committee rankings. How high will Iowa State go in that one? But as I was going through, and after Alabama and Clemson, Notre Dame, Michigan, Georgia, Oklahoma, I mean, you get through, you get to the ninth team, and they've already beaten the seventh-ranked team Iowa State has in West Virginia. But LSU, Washington State, Central Florida, Kentucky, Syracuse, Utah State, Texas, who they'll get in a couple of weeks, Fresno, Boston College, Mississippi State, Florida. There's, there's your 9 through 20. I don't know if there's one on a neutral field that I would pick to beat Iowa State on Saturday. And I don't, maybe it's hyperbolic. Maybe I'm going too far with the Iowa State love. It, it very well could be the case. Because I watched this team. And I watch the way that they dominate defensively and doing what they do offensively and with Montgomery and, of course, Brock Purdy 
and on and on and on. I look at this team and I wonder, who would I pick? I'd pick Ohio State. Even though I don't like Ohio State, I told you guys before even the season got going, deeper into the year, that something was, something was amiss with the Buckeyes. That was one that I was ahead on. Got that one right. LSU, how are they moving the football against Iowa State? Burroughs and company, I get they're coming off Alabama. I get it. Alabama makes a lot of people look bad. Washington State, they just had to mire their way through the muck against Cal. Kentucky, limited offensively. Are they going to score? I don't think so. Now, Syracuse, I think, would be a fun matchup. With what Babers has been able to do with Dungy and that offensive, that would be a fun one. I'd like to see Iowa State-Syracuse. But there's one that I have a pause. Utah State's good. Texas, I take Iowa State on neutral field right now. That's where we're at with Iowa State football. And I don't see them letting down in this spot. I don't see them suddenly just, it's not going to happen. Not going to happen this week. Some more from Iowa State, Matt Campbell. Uh, We'll get into that here throughout the day on 1700 The Champ. For Iowa, this is different. And and you don't want to say it's a letdown. Well, yeah, it, it is. After what they had on the line the last two weeks, from going into the Penn State game, still a real opportunity to win a Big Ten title, to get to the college football playoff. That was still on the table going into Penn State. If Iowa won out, they would have been in the college football playoff more than likely. Well, that's off. You lose to Penn State. Yet still, even with that, the Badgers have taken a loss that day to Northwestern. You still had Purdue, Northwestern the next two weeks. For all intents and purposes, though they didn't, they did control their own destiny to get to the Big Ten championship game. And that's gone. So what's left? And Kirk Ferentz likes to say there's still a lot of football. There is. But what does that football mean? What do these football games really mean in the grand scheme of things? And a team hopeful to win their division, to get their shot against the big boy from the East, with that no longer there, what team shows up? Are they going to show up mad, ticked off? Are the heads going to be down, go through the motions, and get beat again by Northwestern? We don't know. I'll tell you one thing. As you know, I like to gamble just a little bit. There's two directions to go in this game. Either bet Iowa, lay the 10, 10 10.5 points, if you think the Hawkeyes are going to bounce back in a big way and finally put it all together and dominate Northwestern, or bet the Wildcats on the money line. Because we've seen this historically. If it's close, Northwestern's winning. And if it's a blowout, Iowa's winning. Simple as that. Northwestern on the money line, or Iowa laying the 10. Whatever side you feel more confident, that's the side you lay with. With that, we got to take a break. Big night in college basketball. Iowa State begins the year against Alabama State. Kentucky Duke, the big one, the headliner, 8.30 after we find out. But before that, 6 o'clock, a big one for us here. Michigan State, Kansas, Big 10, Big 12, Kansas preseason number one. Not going to get much better than that. We'll take the break. When we come back on the other side, we will talk with Aaron Torres, college basketball writer, FoxSports.com, and a whole lot more as he joins us. Coming up next, Jimmy B and TC continues on 1700 The Champ. 1700 The Champ with The Drive. Every weekday afternoon, Wolfgang and Trent Condon have you covered for The Drive Home. Real sports talk for real sports fans. 
You're invited to experience great customer service and incredible deals at Billion Buick GMC in Clive. Our reviews say it all. I didn't feel pressured. It was a very smooth process. Our salesman came in on his day off. Now that's going above and beyond. People also appreciate the huge inventory, including the incredible all-new 2019 GMC Sierra. You're invited to Billion Buick GMC in Clive or BillionAuto.com slash GMC. We are professional grade. Beep, beep. Everyone is a champion in their own way, but aches and pains can make you want to give up on your training or workouts. Instead of relying on pain medication to power through, stay active with help from Champions Recovery Room and Physical Therapy. They give you a personal touch to work towards your own wellness goals. With athletic recovery programs to outpatient orthopedic therapy, Angela Spencer PT of Champions Recovery Room will get you feeling your best. Champions Recovery Room and Physical Therapy, 3030 100 Street in Urbandale and online at championsrecoveryroom.com. Hello, Francis Graziano again, here to talk to you about Graziano Brothers, where Italian food and tradition are one and the same. Located on the corner of South Union and Jackson in Des Moines, Graziano Brothers has been a Southside tradition since 1912, and we have you, the customers, to thank for that. You'll be hooked the first step you take into our store as you walk into the best aroma in town. Graziano Brothers has everything you need to make a great home-style dish. Colder weather is around the corner, which means making your favorite comfort foods again. Nothing says comfort food like pasta and meatballs, especially the ones you find at Graziano Brothers. Make your own meatballs using Graziano's meatball mix or try our pre-cooked sausage meatballs found in our freezer. Or how about using Graziano's sausage instead of hamburger for your favorite meatloaf recipe? Your family will say, wow! Can't figure out what to make for dinner? Come on down and our great staff at Graziano Brothers will give you plenty of ideas that are quick and very tasty. Graziano Brothers is your only choice when it comes to great taste. Come visit us. It's worth the trip. Guys, are you ready to begin your journey to live life better? Are you feeling tired and worn down or looking to improve performance and drive in the bedroom? Looking to burn fat and gain muscle? Then it's time to contact New Leaf Wellness. New Leaf Wellness offers a free, no-obligation consultation. Dr. Robert Seaman and the New Leaf staff will help craft a plan dedicated to you. From testosterone replacement therapy, advanced weight loss, to nutritional therapy, New Leaf Wellness strives to find the plan that will improve your quality of life. Dr. Robert Seaman and New Leaf Wellness. Give them a call today at 515-650-1358. Again, 515-650-1358 for New Leaf Wellness. One more time, 515-650-1358. It's time to live life better with New Leaf Wellness. Call 515-650-1358. That's 515-650-1358. Wildwood Hills Ranch is a local nonprofit just 25 minutes south of West Des Moines, serving over 1,000 youth at risk and veterans and their families annually. We would like to invite you to our upcoming events this fall. We have a barn dance in the Quad Cities November 3rd and an Iowa Machine Shed Thanksgiving on Thursday, November 22nd. We hope to see you at one of our upcoming events. For more information, go to wildwoodhillsranch.org. This year, it's our year. No, no, no. This year, it's my team. Yeah, this is the year. This season, everyone is going to know where I'm tailgating. My team, my colors, my flag. Hello, it's why I fly the flag. This is the year you fly the colors of your favorite team. And you'll find those colors at Heartland Flagpoles and Flags. The largest selection of team flags anywhere. Every team, every sport, every flag. 
Almost. Buy online and get free shipping. Heartlandflags.com. Vehicle advertising print wraps can be seen tens of thousands of times a day. If you want to increase your advertising footprint with the full or partial final print wrap on your business vehicle, go to completeautowraps.com. Complete Auto Wraps also specializes in full color change color wraps. Change the color of your vehicle or add a customized look with the print wrap to your vehicle, motorcycle, or boat. Don't pay big dealership or national sign chain prices when you can get yours installed by a professional trained and certified installer. Contact Corby for more information or a free estimate at completeautowraps.com. At Wolf Construction, we do many large construction projects across the Midwest, but we started as a roofing company and we're still a roofing company today. At Wolf Construction, we believe in honest work, a fair price, and work we stand behind, and our 10-year workmanship warranty proves it. We know roofing. With our one-day get-it-done approach, we're known as a roofing machine. Call Wolf Construction for a free estimate at 515-225-8866 or visit us on the web at wolfconstruction.net. At Wolf Construction, we take your roof personally. Build your business. At Sinorama of Urbandale, we offer customized solutions for signs, branding, marketing, and advertising. We have a full range of custom sign and graphic services to meet your needs, build your brand, and create your image. Look around and you'll see how Andy Woodley and his staff help businesses enhance visibility and get noticed. Let us work with you to understand your unique marketing goals and help you reach them. Sinorama of Urbandale, the way to grow your business. 3368 100th Street in Urbandale and online at sinorama.com slash ia dash Real sports talk for real sports fans. It's Jimmy B and TC. Here's Jim and Trent. Welcome back as we continue. Time to get into the college football, the college basketball, and a whole lot more. Aaron Torres is going to be joining us here in just a couple of minutes, Jim. We will uh, get him from the athletic. You know, it's it's such a great night with college basketball starting. And, and Jim, how about the NCAA? It's it's easy to rip them. We've done it plenty of times in the past. But when <laughs> yeah. Yeah. when they do something right, and instead of starting the season on a Friday night like we've seen in the past, and and then you wait a couple of days, and there's all these clunker games, starting it on the Tuesday where you really have almost all eyes on you. Good work out of the NCAA and the coaches starting this thing on a Tuesday night instead of a Friday. I I applaud them for that. The only problem is everybody will be stuck in a line trying to vote someplace. Uh, But when you're done voting, then you can get back and watch some great college basketball because I voted already. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm into that. And so from that aspect of it, I'll be ready now to just sort of sit back and relax. Look, they're, they're giving us national games are... Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just and I, and I like what college football is doing now with opening games being with terrific teams. Finally, I just wish more schools would go about you know their schedule a little differently. But basketball is different because so many teams get into the tournament, and, and we know Trent, you can be a seven, eight, nine seed and still have a shot to get to the final four. So that doesn't happen in football, and that's the the contrast between the two. Aaron Torres from the Athletic. Aaron, how you doing today? I am. Uh, I am well. I cannot believe that we are back here, day one, college hoops. It, it goes quick. The off season at times. Sometimes it lags <laughs> it on. Those summer months can be a little bit different. I know, Aaron, in your market, in our market here, summer can be lean times from time to time, but. We're back on it. We got the double dip going. 
college football, college basketball. It's a great time to be alive. Before we get into the nuts and bolts, Champions Classic tonight, look at Iowa, Iowa State, Big Ten, Big 12, a story that seemingly could only happen on the opener for college basketball. He's coming back to high school. LaMelo Ball making his way back. What a story to begin uh, the, the tip-off to College Basketball Tuesday. Yeah, uh, you know, obviously we're, we're all reacting to this in real time. Um, you know, uh, Spire Academy is kind of one of these places that, um, you know, I don't know how to say this diplomatically, <laughs> you know, academics are not of the utmost importance there. Sure. Um, I am curious how he's eligible, not even from like a NCAA extra benefits standpoint because that doesn't always apply in the high school ranks but just academically i mean he didn't go to school for a year and you know i i don't have intimate details and who knows maybe he took classes online or something but to me you know everyone's talking about well you know he was a professional how can he come back to high school well you can always go back to school but it's a matter of uh, being eligible and, and being able to pick up where he left off. So I'll say this from a basketball perspective, I think it actually weirdly makes sense for the family. Um, you know, it's clear that, that after playing with professionals, I think what LeVar wants to do is showcase that his son, when he's put with his contemporaries and his peers at 18, 19 years old, he's still pretty good and still uh, a long-term NBA prospect. And then, obviously, if he does well, you'd think that that G League $125,000 contract would be in place. So from a basketball perspective, it makes sense. I just have no idea how you can get a kid eligible to play games when he hasn't, played, he hasn't been in school for a calendar year. Uh, it's a mystery to me as well, but if LeVar talks, it seems like we listen in the news media. I- I'm I'm so sick of the story. I-, I like watching Lonzo play with the Lakers, but I have totally forgotten about the the other two ball kids just because uh, they're they're not playing anywhere. And-, and I'm sure that I'm not going to like you know run to the internet every night to see how many points the kids scored i i just think they're out of sight out of mind right now yeah no i don't disagree with that um you know and and look here's the deal is i've been following this family since lonzo was a sophomore junior in high school since Melo was in middle school i live here in los angeles i've known lavar for a really long time um and and what i'll say is this is that the middle son leangelo you know with all due respect to the work that he's put in he was never an NBA prospect, and so I always thought, um, you know, it was obviously the wrong decision to take him out of UCLA uh, because he really didn't have many options unless he wanted to spend the next, you know, 15 years of his career overseas, which may be what he wanted to do. Uh, I will say that Melo is, is and was an NBA prospect when he left high school relative to his age group, and so... I, you know, I, I don't think it's that a, a, the worst decision to again put him in playing against his peers. Now we'll see how you know how if his game is atrophied, what what the deal is, all that kind of stuff. But you know, Melo, while you, myself, the three, you know, we're not going to find a stream for Spire Academy to watch him play. <laughs> I know for a fact there are. NBA teams that are at least intrigued to see if he's a long-term NBA prospect. Now, being overseas, playing against, you know, weird competition, 
I don't know if that'll help or hurt him in the long term, but I do think that bringing him back to the United States, and I know I've said it two or three times now, but you know, having him play against kids his own age, I think will be interesting to see has his game developed, has it evolved, or has it gotten worse uh, You know, playing overseas. Talk with Aaron Torres from The Athletic. Aaron, let's go to tonight and uh, the... I guess the the appetizer the the uh, before we get to the entree of Duke Kentucky a big one here from our outpost as we're at the crossroads of the Big Ten and the Big Twelve Michigan State Kansas first for people that don't know about the Lawson brothers about Charlie Moore tell us about the newcomers for the Jayhawks yeah it's crazy because you know the talk since the Final Four ended last April when obviously Kansas lost to Villanova in the semifinal is the possibility that Kansas is a better team this year, minus their top three players last year, Devontae Graham, Malik Newman, and Steve McKay-Luke, than they were when we last saw them at the Final Four last year. Now, look, I think this team is going to be a work in progress, but I do think they're deeper than they were last year. I think, you know, they're a different team. They're, they're going to be more, uh, you know, they're going to have more size, probably less spacing, less three-point shooting. But the case can be made that by the end of the year they'll be better, which is incredible when you think about the fact that they won the Big 12, obviously, regular season and got a number one seed and made the Final Four. Um, you know, a couple guys to know, Dedrick Lawson, he's a transfer from Memphis. Uh, I would say along with Reed Travis at, at, at Kentucky, the two probably most high-profile transfers, uh, Dedrick Lawson, the former McDonald's All-American, he averaged about 20-10 and 10 during his time at Memphis, uh, but he and his family had a falling out with the then-coaching staff, which obviously uh, featured Tubby Smith. And frankly, you talk to people that know that market a little bit better, the decision by Dedrick Lawson and his brother KJ to transfer was ultimately the beginning of the end for uh, Tubby Smith at Memphis because, uh, you know, his father was a prominent player in the kind of grassroots scene there, and it became clear after the family and Tubby did not see eye to eye that, um, you know, that, that high school players in Memphis would not be going to the University of Memphis, and if you can't recruit your own backyard, it's really hard to compete there. So he's the guy to watch. He is a potential All-American. I remember talking to Kansas's SID at the Final Four last year, and they told me he was his be- they were the be- he was the best player in practice, Dedrick Lawson. So you add him, Quentin Grimes, a freshman who I think has the potential to be all Big 12 first team, not all Big 12 freshman first team, all Big 12 first team. Hmm. Kansas is again locked and loaded. You know, I'm curious because there's a game that I'm going to pay attention to tonight. And you'll know as soon as I say Mike Dom, the dominator, uh, (laughs) South Dakota State. And I know that people are going, South Dakota State? Do they even play basketball? I, I just wonder that how good can this guy be this season? I know that there are NBA teams that are salivating over this 6'9 kid. What do you expect out of Mike Dom this year? And, and how prominent will his name be, at least in basketball circles? Yeah, you know, I, I, it's a great point by you guys. Um, look, he's going to go down as one of the all-time leading scorers in NCAA history. He's been a 20-point-a-game scorer for three years in a row at South Dakota State. Um, you know, could have – I thought it was pretty cool. He graduated last year. He could have taken the grad transfer route, gone to a more high-profile school, uh, could have gone to the NBA with degree in hand. But I do think that he wants to come back and kind of improve his game. 
Um, you know, I, I know, like you said, South Dakota State isn't the most high-profile program within, uh, you know, college basketball, but people should know. I mean, they've made three straight NCAA tournaments, and they have a guy that's that's really probably one of the top, I don't know, 30 or so, 2015. You know, I mean, he's going to be an All-American on somebody's list by the end of the season, so they should follow them. I'll tell you this, the team they're playing, Grand Canyon, is interesting, too, uh, coached, of course, by Dan Marley. They're a new yeah. Division One team, uh, first year eligible for the NCAA tournament last year, lost in their conference championship game. They themselves are looking for their first NCAA tournament bid, so that's going to be a good one to kind of keep an eye on. I don't know if it's being streamed anywhere. I haven't even looked into it yet, but that is one to keep an eye on for sure. All right, the uh, the nightcap, of course, in the Champions Classic. Kentucky, your national championship pick against the Dukies. Fill us in. We know your, obviously, connection there. You know that Kentucky program well. I, I just like this team a whole lot because it's not just so reliant on freshmen. There's dudes back from Quaddy Green on down. I love the what Cal's got with this Kentucky team. I'm not normally in this camp. Tell us more about what we're going to see tonight against the Dukies. Yeah, uh, you know, look. Uh, Duke has the three best freshmen in America, Cam Reddish, R.J. Barrett, Zion Williamson. It isn't inconceivable. It really isn't that those three could end up as the top three picks in the next NBA draft. But on a college team, they're all kind of the same player. Uh, they're all good, you know, solid wing-type players. None of them are great three-point shooters. And in this era of kind of spacing, pace and space, college basketball, NBA on up, um, I think they're going to struggle to play together because their games do not complement each other well. So that's the scouting report for Duke. I know you guys asked me about Kentucky, and I think it's the exact opposite. I mean, first of all, they're deeper. They're more experienced for sure. They, they have a grad transfer, as I mentioned a minute ago, named Reed Travis, who was a two-time Pac-12 all-conference player at Stanford uh, you know, he's another one that I think wanted an extra year to impress NBA scouts. And, you know, when he had the chance to, after getting that Stanford degree, go compete for a national championship, he decided to leave and, and head to Kentucky. So he has a new element for them. But then, as you said, it's, it's a combination of the vets, of the older guys, Quad A Green, P.J. Washington, who uh, was a guy that probably would have been drafted in the second round last year had he stayed in the draft. He elected to come back. But then also the freshmen as well, Keldon Johnson, a name to watch there from Oak Hill Academy, really, really special player. Um, you know, Tyler Hero from your guys, sort of neck of the woods, Big Ten territory, yeah. Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, was supposed to be a Badger, now he's not. <laughs> we're fine with that. People, we're, f- we're fine with that here, Aaron. <laughs> I, I was going to say, I can imagine you, you wouldn't want to see him coming in Iowa no, City, no. Uh, you know, once a year for the next couple of years. He's a really good player. He can so, shoot it. Yes, I love that kid. He can. He can shoot, you know, he's a great scorer, you know, and because, listen, you know, the bottom line is, you know, I'm just going to say something, I hope nobody takes offense to this, but, you know, because he's a white guy, I think everyone just kind of thinks he stands in the corner and just jacks up threes. I mean, he's a great athlete, he can score at all three levels, um, and he's going to be really good, and he would have been great at Wisconsin, but, you know, I mean, like so many guys, he wanted to test himself every day against the best players in America, so... I'm with you guys. I actually like Kentucky to win this game. Um, I like Kentucky to win the national championship. I, I think that they're the most complete team. You know, everybody in college basketball has flaws. There, there are obviously no Golden State Warriors, uh, 
you know, walking through that door at the college level. But I do think Kentucky's the most complete team this year. And as you guys said, for the first time in a long time, some real vets, some guys who have been there before. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, take me to the Big 12, and how do you think the conference is going to shake out? And in particular, Iowa State, that has a uh, totally new, different-looking lineup now. Yeah, I'll say, I don't think the Big 12 will be as deep as last year. I think Baylor's really going to struggle. I think Baylor, I could have this stat wrong, but I think they return the fewest minutes of any Power 5 team in the country. I'm not positive on that, but I, I, I think I'm right on that. Um, I think Oklahoma's obviously going to take a step back without Trey Young. Uh, but I do think that, you know, there's going to be some new blood towards the top. Now, at the top, it's going to be Kansas because, let's be honest, it's Kansas. But I, I do like Iowa State a lot. And, you know, you guys obviously get a chance to see Lendell Wigginton up close and in person. Another guy who I think, you know, if if things had changed, if 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 he had gotten that first-round guarantee, I think he would have been gone, but wanted to come back, wanted to leave a mark. And I think he's right there along with Diedrich Lawson for, for top honors in terms of preseason uh, Big 12 Player of the Year. You know, th- that freshman class I think is going to be such a, a difference maker with Taylor Horton Tucker. There's guys around Wigginton this year. I truly believe this is a team that will get back to the tournament and I think they really can, just depending on how the ball bounces and the breaks that they get, finish somewhere second, third, fourth in that conference in the Big 12. All right, let's go to Iowa and the Big 10. Any chance at all for the Hawkeyes to, to bounce back and be a tournament team? And who do you like overall in the Big 10? I think it's going to be uphill sledding for, the, for, for Iowa. I really do. Um, and, and, you know, it's just the, the Big 10, I don't think the power at the top is as strong as it's been, but I do think there's depth. I think some teams that were not as good last year are going to bounce back. I mean, you can probably figure out who I'm talking about. Wisconsin returns, I think they're top eight scorers. Um, Indiana, obviously, there's a lot of excitement around them. Um, Minnesota, I think, should be improved. And I look at Iowa, I just I just have a really tough time seeing where that improvement comes from. I, you know, don't get me wrong, I think improvement is the wrong word for me to to use there. I think they'll be improved. I don't know that they'll be improved enough to get back to the NCAA tournament, which is obviously uh, where so many fans were accustomed to being, you know, a few years ago, last tournament appearance, you know, in 2016. But I just just don't know where the scoring comes from. I don't know where the shooting comes from. And I do think that the, the Big Ten is going to be a little bit more of a grind this year. Like I said, even, you know, Illinois, I believe, finished in last place last year. They got some guys coming in. So to me, it's just, it's just tough to see where the wins are going to come from that are needed to get to the NCAA tournament. To me, I kind of equate the Big Ten this year to a little bit like the SEC last year, which had nine NCAA tournament teams or eight NCAA tournament teams. I don't think the Big Ten will get quite that many, but I think night in and night out there's going to be battles. And like I said, you just look across the board – there aren't very many teams outside of Rutgers that you go into a game saying, okay, we have the definitive advantage. I think it's going to be tough for Iowa because of that. Good stuff. Aaron Torres with The Athletic. Also, in between tonight, we'll let you go with this. Top four of the college football playoff, anything fun, interesting? Are they going to create debate and throw Michigan over Notre Dame at the three spot? You know, I had this big theory last week, and I stand by it. Um, Putting Notre Dame at number four to me, was a very clear message by the committee. 
I think they are trying to preemptively get ahead of any controversy and put, you know, I, I think what they're trying to do by putting Notre Dame at four last week is to say, if you guys lose, we're going to drop you like a stone in the ocean, you know, because obviously, like you guys just alluded to, I mean, that is going to be the big question mark going forward is if Notre Dame loses a game, what happens with Michigan if they finish as a 13-1 and or 12-1 and Big Ten, Big Ten champ, you know, obviously winning the conference title in Indianapolis as well. Notre Dame would have the head-to-head win. They would probably, they would definitively have the worst loss, whoever it is, too. So I don't know if Notre Dame will get jumped tonight, but I do think the committee made it pretty clear that, hey, if you guys, if you guys want to be in this Final Four, you better win out because there are going to be a lot of people that are going to be upset uh, if a one-loss Notre Dame team gets in, including the folks in the league offices at the Big Ten, as it would probably mean that, that Michigan or whoever, Ohio State, is the Big Ten champ would be on the outside looking in. So my hunch is Notre Dame's at three tonight, but they better keep winning the games on their schedule. Aaron Torres with The Athletic. Aaron, great catching up with you. Enjoy the hoops tonight. Excited to uh, watch the games and be reading your tweets. Always entertaining. Follow you along. Thank you so much. <laughs> I try. Thank you, guys. Aaron Torres with us. Athletic and... Uh, Jimmy B, I know you. Will you ever get the athletic? Will you ever spend the three bucks a month to get it? Uh, that is that is expensive for me. I know, but I, know. I do have a. I have taken a part time job now, Trent. So oh. when we're done with the show, uh-huh. uh, I, I go and uh, and I work at a. I'm not going to say where, but I I work at a at a window that serves people when they come through. So with that extra money that I now work at for about two to three hours, uh, three times a week, I will indeed use that money to purchase the athletic. Wow, look at you, Jimmy B. That that a boy. Yeah, good work out of you. Uh-huh. And now he's yeah. getting the athletic. He is moving through. What a stud! What a man! There he is, Jimmy Brinson. Thank you. Along Thank you. the way, coming back, we'll <laughs> give our thoughts on the games tonight. Duke, Kentucky, before Kansas, Michigan State, Iowa State in action tonight. Of course, there's Maction. If that gets you going, I got a play for yeah. you on that one. And a whole lot more. You know, Brinson will be watching the NBA. We'll get into it. What we're watching, we'll talk about it next year. Jimmy B continue Jimmy B and TC continues on 1700 the champ. Back with you one final time. It's Jimmy B and TC. So Brinson, it's election yeah. day. You've already voted, yeah. as you told us earlier today. You got yes. that done. You're ready to roll. I will be doing it after I finish up. Tonight with the Hawkeye Huddle after we finish up at 6 o'clock, I will make my way over to the local church and cast my ballot. So, what, strictly Green Party for you this year, Jimmy B? Um, Actually, you know me, pal. I vote for candidates. Just like the way I really don't have teams, I watch uh, players, I'm the same way. I vote for candidates, not the party. So if I don't like somebody in the Republican Party... I'll vote Democrat. If I don't like somebody in the Democratic Party, mm-hmm. I'll vote Republican. Or if there's an independent running that I think would do better than both of them, that's the person that I would vote for. I'm not a party guy. I'm a person guy who I think will do the best job. All right. Well, we'll leave the politics out of things. But if you are inclined, go out and vote. It's your civic duty. Make yourself informed. Go do it. Let's talk some sports, Jimmy B. Tonight, what excites you the most? Kansas, Michigan State, Kentucky, Duke, crappy NBA, NHL, Maction. What gets you going on a Tuesday? Or are you going to be watching CNN all night? 
No, 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 no. When I'm when I'm hanging out at the refreshment stand, having a little uh, dinner after I get off my my other job, <laughs> um, I'm going to. I'll probably watch. Maybe late night, I might take a gander at Milwaukee and Portland just because the Greek freak is playing in the NBA. But that's really about the only one that flips my switch for the NBA. Look, I'm going to be dialed in tonight. Mm -hmm. I want to see Michigan State, Kansas. Of course, I want to see Duke and Kentucky. But late night, it's on the uh, CBS Sports Network. Oh, I know where you're going, Jimmy B. BYU going to Nevada, Reno to take on the Wolfpack. Now you yeah, I I want to see that game. I want to see what Musselman is building out there because a lot of basketball people think Nevada's got a chance to make the Final Four. Well, they made a strong run last year and all the way to the Elite Eight. Remember, somebody had them in their Elite Eight bracket before the tournament began. You remember who that was, Jimmy B? Uh, let's see. Were the initials TC? Correct, correct, correct. Ah. Yeah. I was ahead of the pack on the Wolf Pack. You were. One of the few things <laughs> I got. You were ahead of the pack for the pack, yes. One of the few <laughs> things I did get right, though. So, uh, you, know, you know how that goes, too. you gotta got to be careful from time to time, Jimmy B. They don't always turn out right, but that was the one that I did have right and still feeling pretty good about that. But you're right. 10 o'clock, late game. We're both all yeah. about that. That'll be good. But before it, Michigan State, Kansas. I think Kansas gets this semi-comfortably. I do, rem- I, I do wonder, though. This is a lot of new faces if it's going to take a little bit of time for them to kind of settle in, but certainly a more talented team than this Michigan State squad. They are, and uh, look, Tom Izzo will have Michigan State in the tournament again, but they are not that, they're they're not the powerhouse uh, that we had seen from just a a couple of years ago. Uh, For some reason, things right now, I'm not going to say they have soured at Michigan State because that's not the case. But they are not like the supreme top team in the Big Ten like they were. Right, yeah, yeah. And they haven't made the tournament uh, Sweet 16 in three years. They they haven't got to the round of 16 even. So for Michigan State, that's a drought. Are things heading south? Eh, Not so much. But Jimmy B, the talent that's going to be displayed. And and as we were talking earlier with Aaron Torres, I, I know it's Kentucky. I know people don't like him. I completely get it. And you know, Jim, I'm usually kind of one of those people. I don't like the Blue Bloods in general. I, I, I just, I, I like the underdog. I, I like to go a different direction. That, that's yeah. just me. But I love this Kentucky team. I don't like to be chalky coming into a year. I know they're preseason number two <laughs> behind Kansas, but I love this Kentucky roster. We talked about Tyler Hero, the kid from Milwaukee. I watched a lot yeah. of him in AAU basketball. Really like him. But bringing in Reed Travis, you know, you get. P.J. Washington back for his sophomore year. Quade Green back for his sophomore year. This isn't normally what Kentucky's been. It's usually so many freshmen that are in there. They have experience to go along with the young guys and the freshmen that were going to be knowing their name by the end. This is a really good Kentucky team. It's not just a ton of talent thrown together, and we'll see what happens. There's more here. I think the Wildcats are going to be good. And though Duke has more NBA talent on the roster with Zion and company, this yeah. this is going to be different. I think Kentucky rolls tonight. Just rolls. I, okay. I, I want to see Zion Williamson. I, mm-hmm. I want to see if the kid really has an overall game or is he just a power dunker. And, look, uh, when you watch the clips, is he impressive when he throws it down? Absolutely. 
But I want to see a kid at 6'7 or 6'8 and 285 pounds. Are we looking? He's bigger than Charles Barkley was. Barkley was like 6'4 and a half and 285. But are we looking at another round mound of rebound here? I, I mean, uh, because Barkley was absolutely sensational. And when people say, oh, this kid's a total difference maker, you've never seen anything. Yes, I have seen him. I saw him years and years ago in the presence of Charles Barkley, and there was nobody like him then. So that's why I want to. That's why I'll have a focus on Zion Williamson this evening. Gonna be good. Iowa State, Alabama State shouldn't be much of a game, but no, we get to see the team out there. Get to see Jacobson and Shyock for the first time. Jim, yeah. uh, you've been waiting for this day a long time. You love those guys. Look, I do. I think that those two guys alone, Jacobson and Shyock, have will will change the entire way that they play. I know they're going to run up and down. I know they're still going to jack the three. But you're going to see Shyock slash to the basket, something that Steve Prohm didn't have last year other than Wigington. But Shyock is a guy who is freaking fearless, and he will go to the basket. Jacobson, I think that this kid is going to be the top rebounder on the team. I think he will also score in double figures. And I think that fans are going to be pleasantly surprised, not shocked, but pleasantly surprised how good this kid is at 6'9", maybe inching towards 6'10", and how athletic he is as well. Trent, look, you called some of his games when he played in high school. Mm -hmm. And then he was a starter at Nebraska. So in the Big Ten, I think fans kind of like have a tendency, well, that was so long ago. Yeah, it's a year ago. That was so long ago, I can't remember. See, it's guys like us who see things and then don't forget. I think Cyclone fans will fall in love with Shyock and Jacobson. Going to be a fun one and I think a fun year in front here, Jimmy B. Well, Mr. Brinson, uh, the next two days you're going to be working with John Cannon. Are you ready for this? Um, listen, I'm telling you what, I've, I've got my, uh, my bottle of Seagram 7 here, oh, and I'll probably go through the entire bottle in tomorrow, and then I'll probably have to go get another one when I work with them the next day, too. Ooh, boy. I, yeah. I, I hope you survive until yeah. Friday. This could be tough. Yeah. This could be really difficult with Big John. Well, we will talk to you on Friday. Don't burn the place down while I'm away, okay? <laughs> I'll do the best I can. I almost did the last time you oh, were gone. <laughs> boy. Oh, boy. This is going to be something. Make sure to tune in from 1 till 2 the next couple of days. Jimmy B. and John will be the program. I'll be back on Friday. But my day is not over. No, still coming up here today from 4 until 6 o'clock. Back on the air with The Drive. 5 o'clock, the Hawkeye Huddle on a Tuesday. We'll be live from GMIGS. Make sure to stop on out. Thanks, everybody out there for listening in. Back here in a couple of hours. Tiki and Tierney is next on 1700 The Champ.